Welcome to the next chapter. I'm Gloria Coppola, your host, and today I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Pat Blackpool. She is a clinical psychologist, an award-winning author, and a playwright, and she recently published her first children's book. And Pat and I met through Facebook, and we have become very fond of each other's work and built a wonderful relationship. And so when I was kind of scanning through her children's book, it actually brought up some things for me that um, I remember growing up uh, when I was a little girl and my parents, you know, they were part of the Holocaust. Well, they weren't part of the Holocaust, but they remember the Holocaust. And I had worked for somebody whose parents were actually uh, in Auschwitz. And so when I was reading this story, not only did it remind me of those that grew up in that era, but it reminded me as well of what is happening in our world and the differences that we're pointing at. So Pat and I seem to have a lot, a lot of interesting things in common, and I wanted to bring her on. And the, uh, her story of Laka was inspired by a true story of a little girl during the Holocaust. So Pat's short stories, they have appeared in literary magazines and anthologies. And she's also currently working on her first novel with a co-writer. So I'm going to bring her on now so uh, we can get to know her a little bit better and you can feel her beautiful heart and soul. And then we're going to find out what is this book about and how did it inspire her? Well, hello, Pat. Thank you for coming on today. And thank you for having me here. It's such a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to have you. I always enjoy talking to you because you're you're brilliant, but you're also heart-centered. And the two combined are just absolutely beautiful. So, you know, I did I did peruse your book and it brought up a lot of things for me with the differences in religion and stuff and the past of what I've heard of in stories. And I do remember a time, like I was mentioning earlier, working for a doctor whose parents were in Auschwitz. Yeah. And the dad and the mom would always come in and tell me different stories. And the dad actually witnessed his own wife and child being shot in front of him. And the only reason he survived being a Jew, as you you say in your book, right, was because he was a cobbler and he made the shoes for the the generals, but they didn't feed him. He got minimal food. He was telling me how when he came out of out of Auschwitz, he was, I think, like 90 pounds or something and was gouging food and then got sick. So when I was reading your story about this, you know, lovely little girl and her mom and then what her mom did to protect her at all, it brought up a lot for me about the stories I've heard. But it also reminded me what's happening in this world right now with the differences and how it's come to the forefront in so many ways. So maybe we'll spend a little bit in touch upon that. But first I wanna ask you, what inspired you to write this particular book? A a very, very long time ago, uh, a friend of mine, a rabbi um, told me the story about something that happened to a little girl. And you know, it's a type of thing when you hear something and as a writer, you know, it, it stays there. I wasn't ready to put do much with it right at the moment. So it sat for a while. And and something just said, I have to bring this character to life. I have to tell this story. And and it came out first, believe it or not, I was in theater back then. It came out as an, a, uh, uh, an acting monologue. Then it came out um, only a couple of years ago as a short story. Um, and what was really interesting in telling this, it, it just, it so touched your soul. 
you know, it touched my soul. It has that ability to do that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and um, it was published in, in jewishfiction.net and online um, uh, Jewish ma magazine. And then it won first place in a statewide and then a national competition. And I started, I, I, yeah, I was, I was just shocked, you know, so I started doing presentations on it and the discussions that came out, the questions that came out just, just said, I have to do something more. I have to tell this story. I have to tell what happens, you know, when human and, and beings. I, I wouldn't you know, necessarily even call it just a children's book. What's up? It's not. I didn't think it, so. I, I, no, I was kind of no. confused at first. Because when I start to get into it, I'm like, not. this is deep. Wow. This is deep. And and, the, and that's the interesting thing about it. How do you design a children's book that's meant for all ages? And that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you can read it at all levels. And it's told by a little seven-year-old girl, the start of mm -hmm. it on her seventh birthday. Mm -hmm. And it really can be read on all ages. So I, I felt like I needed to make it for all ages. So I included a study guide for children and I included a study guide for adults. I saw that at the end and the questions that you had in yeah. there. And I thought this, yeah. this is really brilliant because at yeah. first when I, when I opened it up at first, I thought it was just a children's book and then I'm reading it. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, this mm -hmm. is going way deeper. So when I saw at the end that you had questions for children to, to spark, you know, their brain and to understand these issues that are out there. And then the ones for the adults, I was like, this is great. I really, really enjoyed yeah. seeing that there because it also yeah. sparked questions in my head. Yeah. And, and, you know, this took place in 1939 in Poland, right? I placed it at 1939 Poland. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I wanted to capture the beginning of the Holocaust just before the Nazis invaded and I wanted to capture that, you know, um, I wanted to get that. And I also, I wanted an illustrator who had the ability to capture this too. Yeah. I was going to ask you that in a minute. I wanted to talk yeah. a little bit more about the story first, yeah. if you don't mind. Okay. Oh, no, no so, so you heard this story about this young right. girl. It, it influenced you to write this book, but do you also have a personal connection with your own lineage and what took place during this time? I don't, you know, I okay. don't personally. Um, but I, the the people that told me the story and some of the origins of the story, um, um, I'm connected to, you mm -hmm. know, but not me personally, you know. Okay. Um, but but the the people that you know the way I heard some of these stories, this story in particular, just just really really it's got to family that I'm really, really just honoring. Mm -hmm. you know? And um, and I like the way you had put there's a line in there. Will the choice, will the choice be enough to save her life? Explain that. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean um, for the people well, out there? What choice does it, she it, have it, to it, make? The, that's the interesting thing. When I wanted a way how I can get the story across, I thought of symbols. And the symbols that came to me was the Star of David and a rosary, you know, two contrasting different symbols. And I thought if I tell the story using these symbols, this little girl had a Star of David from when she uh, she was a last gift given to her by her dad before he died. And all of a sudden on her birthday, her mother says, I have to take that from you and I'm going to give you this. And she holds up these crystal beads and the lock is looking at it. I, I don't. I have a pretty necklace. This is pretty, but, and the mother explains, this is not a necklace. 
this is something I'm going to exchange and take from you, which Lalka didn't want, nor that she understands. Mm. But it was the mother's introduction to moving the child into a different religious world as part to save her life. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was the that was the start of those symbols. And those symbols, the girl is sent, brought to the mother sacrament, makes the biggest sacrifice and sends the child to a convent mm -hmm. and and puts her in the hands of Sister Teresa, you know, and she learns um, Catholic prayer. She learns she learns this, you know, and her mother visits her a little while and stops visiting. And on one day, uh, the sister, the nun comes up to the classroom and the mother, th she thinks that the mother is going to be there and she goes in the room and she faces Nazis. Yeah, uh, yeah. the little girl. And well, don't give away the whole story. I won't give the yeah. I won't give any, anything <laughs> more away. away but the symbols become very important, and yeah. the last statements mm -hmm. in the book mm -hmm. is where leads to a discussion. Leads to that um, discussion, which question. you know yes. le leads to so many things. Like like I was saying earlier, just to everything in the world right now, because differences are at the forefront yes. right now. Yes, and and it's triggering a lot of people. And so the story about Laka is so beautiful because it combines a lot of things in there. Yes. And we won't give it all away, but you know, she's so, she's so innocent, you know, yeah. she can get to see perspective differently than perhaps someone, you know, who's indoctrinated for so many years. Right. Yeah. But I, I appreciated the way you put the story together the way it can relate not only to a great story for children about differences, but also for us adults to really take a hard yes. look at what we're doing even currently. Don't you agree? Oh, I totally, I totally did that. The interesting thing is Ukraine, what's happening in Ukraine came out during this, which was really um, interesting because we see this, you know, we, we're writing this to say never forget. And, and we're saying never forget as if never forget is in the past. We're watching on TV what's happening Constantly. right now. There is no yeah. past. There is no, you know. So we just need to learn, week, don't we? And we have a very hard <laughs> which yeah. is why I felt it was so important to get this story out there, especially now, because mm -hmm. it's happening right now. It is happening. And, 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 and it doesn't. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't, have to be if, it doesn't matter who. I was no. just going to say that it doesn't. No. Ha it no. doesn't even matter. No. It's not even just about religion. No, no it, it isn't. No. No, it's not. It is. It goes way yeah. deeper. Yeah. 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 So you started to talk about the illustrator. How oh, did you Lord. find the right illustrator? Tell us I, about it. I did have some difficulties at first being a newbie to, to writing a children's book. I did have some problems and, and what, due to just my net lack of knowledge. But when I finally realized, you know, I wasn't having any luck and I said, what do I need? I need someone who can relate to the Holocaust because I, I personally couldn't, but I wanted someone who really can. So I went, I went on a search and in Israel, I found Katja Royce wow. and, and Katja had just moved from Siberia a few years before. And her grandfather is a Holocaust survivor. And I said, oh my God, okay. We, we, we have, so we made a connection. And in Katja said she has been waiting all her life to try to find, to work on a project with the Holocaust. So we made this connection. And when mm. she told me, and her style, as you can see, her 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 drawings, her artwork yeah. is is, uh, which just the pictures alone take you into the story. 
Like You're sometimes there. I found myself getting distracted with just the pictures and feeling the intensity yeah. of what she was bringing forth in that. Yeah, she was bringing her grandfather's story, and as mm -hmm. it turned out, her grandfather. Speaking of this, this is pre-Ukraine. Her grandfather. I was so fascinated by her grandfather's story. I chose to include it in the book. Um, her grandfather is from Ukraine, and is now living in Siberia. And mm -hmm. is hurting to see what's happened. His all he moved to Russia for safety, <laughs> and now this is all happening in Russia. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but but my my goal was for children nowadays to make that link. And you talk about that link. This is the, you know what's going on right now. I wanted children to see to have the words of a Holocaust survivor. So I have mm -hmm. his words, I have her words as a granddaughter of a survivor. And I have a rabbi who was the son of a survivor. So I wanted children to see three different generations all put in here, discussed mm -hmm. in here, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I, I, I feel like I accomplished more than just a story. Yeah, I think you, know? you did too. I think you did yeah. as well. And I had to include, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I had to include one other thing because I wanted to give children hope and I wanted to give them an idea that they can work on making things better too. Mm -hmm. So I discovered the paperclip project at Whitwell Middle School where they collected over 6 million paperclips to represent each Jew that died in the Holocaust. And, and I made a connection with them, went there to visit them. I mean, kids might not collect paperclips, but they can do something. And mm -hmm. that led to a whole international project of film, books and everything. And I'll be working with them again in, mm -hmm. in the fall by going there with a the book and reading the story to all the, Wonderful. All the students. Well, congratulations on that. That's a great project. You know, sometimes we, we look at, you know, the Holocaust and that's the big one that's in our face a lot. But I have talked to so many people over the years that said, you know what, Gloria? There's been a lot of Holocaust in a lot of countries and a lot of backgrounds. So this yes. basically, you know, I see this as being the representation of what's happening in a lot of places that people are clueless about because it just doesn't get put in the forefront. And fortunately, mm -hmm. people that experienced the Holocaust had the courage, you know, to come forward. But not everybody does. But I just no. want want to acknowledge that that it's not it wasn't just the Jews it wasn't this exactly. has happened at different times it's happened in different places, and I remember my father telling me too because he was in he was in Europe during the time of this, and he said you need to understand, it happened to a lot of the surrounding countries and the peoples. Yes. And and you just don't yes. hear so much about it. So that's right. why when I saw the part about, you know, people coming together despite their differences is what really matters. I think that's the essence of, of the story, too, with the Rosary and the Star of David and all. Yes. And not just like yes. a religious outlook, in my feeling, yeah. but that we need, we need to come together with all our differences. Because bottom line, we're of the same human race. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would I would like to think the majority of people are compassionate people. Right. But mm -hmm. it just seems that some things are kind of tilting here and there and, and creating that divide. And so your story is a beautiful story to help bring us together. Thank you. That's why I had Teresa say, say that sister Teresa say that line, you know, what unites mm -hmm. us is more powerful really than than what divides us. Exactly. And, and that that connection is is so important and if we could just remember that i think that's perfect i was going to say what would you like to leave the audience with but i think that's perfect that connection is very important there's, there's the message yeah 
we have anything else you'd like to say dances. maybe to future writers out there that are getting involved in you know different historical types of stories even though it's a fictional story it's based on true life what would you advise yeah. them yeah um find that there's a passion find that find that story that brings the passion and love you know um to, to life and you find that it, it, it's out there it's out there um and and it's a it's a gift that we give as writers mm -hmm. to others. I gave this gift not just to this family, but to a lot more. Absolutely. People. I'm sure and you're yes. touching hearts around the world, you know? Pat. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for being here today. It's been delightful learning a little bit more about the story, what provoked it, and your illustrator. I think that was brilliant because, like I said, I got drawn into some of those photos while I was reading the words. It took me deeper. It took me into that place. And congratulations on all your awards, too. Thank you. Thank you so very much. It was a pleasure to be here. I hope that you enjoyed Pat Black Gold's story today. Remember, you can find The Crystal Beads Locker's Journey, inspired by a true story, available on Amazon. And the best way to support our authors is to put a review on Amazon and Goodreads. So remember, the next chapter may be the best chapter of your life. Signing off, Gloria Capola.